Hey, Jeb. Oh, hey, John. Do you want to talk about Toy Story? Yeah. Sounds like a really good idea. But, like, talk about it a lot. Going in detail with each given minute in Toy Story? Yeah, but can we talk about why Woody has teeth even though he wasn't made with them? I don't see why not. Only if we can talk about the importance of plastic corrosion awareness. Only if we can talk about how Sid is not really a bad kid. Let me ask you this, though. Can we talk about strong lesbian moms? Can we talk about using the sad song from Toy Story 2 as a test to see if people are robots? I like that idea. So, Come listen to us talk about Toy Story five times a week on Toy Story Minute. Find it on Dueling Genre or your podcast app of choice. If you listen, you'll be my favorite deputy. You've got a friend in us? Both of us, yeah. Nice. Dueling Genre. Welcome to the Jane Silent Bob Minute, where we're covering the movie Clerks one minute at a time. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And today we're covering Minute 58 of Clerks, quite possibly the greatest out-of-shape minute ever. And we are joined from the Drunk on Disney podcast by Mr. Guy Hutchinson. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I love what you guys do, and uh, this is uh, one of my favorite movies, so I'm super excited to talk about it. And uh, another uh, native of New Jersey, too. That's right. We've had an unbelievable amount of people from New Jersey. (laughs) This is true. I can't believe that many people came from New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) It's the greatest state in the Union. Yes. That's what we tell everybody. Yeah, but then how come everybody we talk to has lived here and left? Well, not me, damn it. It's (laughs) the greatest state in the Union. (laughs) Me and Jeff are still here. (laughs) None of us can financially afford to leave. I can't pay the toll to get over the bridge. That's right, yeah. To get out of here. One day I'm going to get over because I'm going to die in New Jersey and not have to pay that last toll to get back to Philadelphia. Uh, I'll show them. I'll die here. Yep. Can't make me pay any more taxes in this place. (laughs) All right, so Minute 58 starts with Randall explaining behavior and ends with finding out if Dante's out of shape. That's right. uh, I I can solve that problem right now. He is. He is. I assume that's why they play hockey in an 8x8 tiny rink on the the roof of the place. So you don't get tired out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot easier if you don't have to run. All right, well, I don't want to deprive Guy of his last 10 seconds of Randall here, who we find out is a danger to both the dead and the living. It's a great Randall moment, though. In the movie, you know, this uh, uh, speech he gives about, you know, how he chooses to rent a big choice video. I mean, this is this is one of his pivotal scenes in the film. Yes. Shortly after, he just spit in a grown man's face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Seconds after. Yes. <laughs> and we went into it last week of not only does he spit in a customer's face, he doesn't care less afterwards. He makes no move after the guy tries to no. attack him. And then he's going to lecture Dante a minute later about... Now, go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, because I'm, I'm changing the subject. No, go on. So well, I guess... I forgot what he was saying. God, no, oh, yeah. it's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's, here's my change of subject, though. I worked at video stores, um, and I know exactly what he's talking about, where all of us that worked at the video stores I worked at, when we wanted to rent movies, we'd still go to other stores because they'd have movies we didn't have. You know, it was, and it didn't matter. You know, the bigger stores sometimes were better, but it was sometimes the smaller stores that have some weird horror movie that you hadn't heard of. But I, I always, that was one of the lines when I saw this that, you know, at the time in 94 that hit, hit me so, so well. I was like, yes, I totally get that. You got to go to big choice video. Yeah. I, I see where he's coming from because we had the same thing. We had the two local stores that were here and then they opened up a blockbuster in like the neighboring town. Blockbuster was where you went when, uh, you know, True Lies just came out, and they'd have 60 copies of it, and that's where you go. They had no. all that kind of stuff, but your local the video store would have... working at... Go ahead. Yeah. 
the thing about working at the store was you could hide the copy of True Lies <laughs> under the counter and just take it home for free. So that wasn't, you know, the Blockbuster, uh, to me didn't interest me as much as, you know, like you'd go there and you'd be like, Whoa, they have a wrestling section at this store. You know, <laughs> they have, they have all the Alfred Hitchcock movies. Yeah. I hit some of those wrestling sections too. It'd be like, Oh, I don't know why, but I feel the need to watch Survivor Series 88. <laughs> yeah. WrestleMania 4. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I watched the first, I guess the first eight or so of the UFC before it became a legitimate. Oh, well, sport oh, when it was yeah. just like back then it was just like death matches there was no yeah no barred. i remember <laughs> i picked out one once and it was like ufc 38 and i was like they've been doing this for 38 years how did this and i was like no they've been they just number every one of their events they've been doing it for three years yes it makes no sense at all their big thing back then was like banned in 90 countries they were very proud of that that's right <laughs> this was a great uh a great you know uh tag at the end of randall's speech it's a really good randall moment and even his posture is awesome to- oh yeah he's he is such the dominant male in this position dante looks like a schoolboy sitting on a stool you can tell he's a dominant male because he gets the keys that he's been asking for and he wasn't supposed to get the whole time <laughs> i'm not giving you these keys yeah he hands them over yeah, just to show what the alpha he is in this situation, not, what, an hour ago, he knocked a body out of a casket, and this guy's still giving in to him. Yeah, he's a danger to both the dead and the living. <laughs> so check out the Living Dead Minute. <laughs> hey, I guessed it on that. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. That was a shout-out to you and, by proxy, to them. <laughs> well, I'm just glad uh, guy showed up a good time. So he gets a little bit of Randall, and he actually gets other people coming into the Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> All right, Chris, but you know we can't let it go. What is Paradigm, Chris? Let us know. Paradigm. It's time for Dictionary Paradigm. Time. <laughs> paradigm is a typical example or pattern of something. A model, comma, a model. That's what it is. Yeah, I guess that's the best way you can say it. <laughs> let me ask you a question. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that definition confused me more than what I thought a paradigm was. <laughs> Chris, if, if, you, if he made this movie today, do you think the titles would be in it? I mean, do you think the titles were a very 90s gimmick? We figured out that he was trying to um, do the eight stages of hell, like Dante's Inferno. So he's those as like breaks, like that's one of the stages. Yeah. So I don't know, I just, he would probably have better better words, yeah, I, maybe, because they don't really fit him. Like, at I time. don't think he'd do it. I, no, and I feel like it's, it's so like, um, I don't know, it's just real, uh, you know, uh, over the top, I'm a film student, you know, you so, uh, yeah. and I think I'm I think I'm smarter than the it audience. It would have bothered me uh, if he kept doing it. Like if he makes his second movie and was still doing stuff like this, you'd be <laughs> right? like, all right, you're now you're just you're really getting on my nerves now. It's the type of thing you may do in your first movie. And you're like, I get it. If you've ever, I'm sure you've, if you ever listened to some of Kevin Smith's podcast, he is a um, he's a fan of the language, particularly using a five dollar word when a one dollar word will do. So I'm sure he loved putting up uh, words like paradigm and stuff like that that the average person looks at and goes, either I don't know what that word means or I kind of know what that word means. Right. I like in the uh, Clerks uh, cartoon uh, where it just said, Frazier stole this device on the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a big fan of the Clerks cartoon. Unfortunately, it only ran for about uh, 60 minutes. Six, <laughs> six, six episodes, only two of which got on the episode on, yeah. 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 And it was great. Great show. Every stand-up thing I've ever seen him at or gone to, somebody always asks him about it. They're like, when are you going to do the Clerks cartoon? He's like, never. I, he's just like, I'm, I'm never doing it. Nobody will pay for it. It's not like uh, Tusk that he can make for like $2 million. He needs someone to actually air it. <laughs> right. All right, Chris. So uh, let me ask you a question. What kind of shape are you in, buddy? You, wanna, you need to hit the gym over there? <laughs> 
I could probably use a little hitting of the gym. <laughs> Although I have to admit, if I'm, I'm at Dante in a situation where a customer comes in and starts telling me I need to hit the gym, I'll probably hit. I'm going to handle it oh, even man. worse than he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're you're in the Randall camp then? Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder, that is that why? I mean, story structure wise, Randall left to go do something, but you can't really have Randall here during this encounter. No, no, I think because yeah, Randall was not going to deal with this guy's nonsense, and I guess he would have known who he was too, because they both know who he is. It's different if a friend's joking with you and telling you, you know, you're out of shape, but when some stranger walks into the store and tells you that, that's a little offensive. The uh, we were talking before we started about the weight of a gallon of milk, which is over eight pounds. I, I kind of – I think it's justifiable for all of us to strain when lifting a gallon of milk. It's it's far heavier than I expected. He, two hands. He, two hands. He's also not – the way that he hands it to him, it's not like he has – he's not using his center of gravity at all. It's not like he's got it in close to his body. Yeah, he's stretching, he stretches it out over the counter to the guy. The guy could reach over and get it. Yeah. It's his gallon of milk. You know, Mr. Muscles could help the guy out. Yeah. I think I might have pushed uh, his milk on the floor if he told me I needed to hit the gym. Yeah, I think so, too. So, uh, Ernie O'Donnell, this is the first time he appears in the film, right? Yes, one of uh, Kevin's friends. Now, he was <laughs> he was one of Kevin's friends. They they had a falling out at some point, and Kevin had written the part of Dante for him. And then uh, the story I've heard is that he thought uh, that he needed a better actor, and so they started auditioning people, and they ended up getting Brian. Um, but he was, he was Kevin, you know, in Kevin's mind when he wrote the, all the dialogue. Oh, I mean... You, I mean, you get like a minute of him here, but and I've only ever seen him in other Kevin Smith films and little cameos. But he's not bad, considering the level of actors to come through this store over the course of the 90 minutes. It, oh, it's, yeah. It's pretty hit and miss, but you can tell at least that he has acted at some point. He knows what to do. He's not a, yeah. he's not a complete novice like some of these guys obviously are. I think he's really good in this in this part. I think he's real funny. I yeah. think um, uh, uh, Kimberly uh, Lowren. Lochran. Who, who played Lochran. Yeah. Uh, who plays Heather Jones? Um, she, I think, is far less, um, you know, uh, you know, polished. I feel like his performance. Maybe it's just that you know the character was close to to himself, or maybe it's that you know um, the dialogue written by his buddy, you know, felt like words he'd say. Uh, but but I feel like he he comes off pretty good in this. I'll, I'll tell you where he sells the entire role for me right there is when he does the neck. Move. When yeah, he says, I'm a trainer, uh, and he like arches his shoulders back and puts the neck out. I'm like, you can just, you know, every guy that acts that way. Yeah. He was strutting yeah. while standing still is what he was yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's one step short of doing the, you know, the arm up and pointing to which way the gym is, doing that move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Ernie gets it because he's his friend. Like you said, uh, Kim Locker, and she gets it the old fashioned way from the casting couch because she was Kevin's old girlfriend. Oh. No wonder. So, yeah. And she, she still works with Kevin, uh, I think to this day. I know for many years she worked uh, for I him. I don't think she uh, – because she was like as the assistant. I don't think she does it anymore. I think somebody else does it. Okay. But yeah, she worked with him for you know a number of different films and you know has, has a few credits on on uh, some of the ancillary films when uh, – when Kevin would have a lot of his friends, uh, you know, make films, you'd get different credits. And, um, and so, yeah, she was his assistant for a while. And, you know, maybe that stopped when he got married. <laughs> the wife's like, no, I'm going to shut this down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're driving uh, around with your ex. You better get her out of here. 
but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so that's that's pretty interesting. I think uh, I think that's a lot of fun. When she enters, I have a, a little bit of trivia for you. It's a it's a personal story about this movie. When she enters, uh, if you look uh, at the ceiling behind her, and you can see it at other points in the movie, uh, you can see it pretty good when. Uh, Spoiler, I, uh, if anybody hasn't seen this movie when, when uh, Silent Bob actually speaks later. Uh, but if you look at the ceiling, you can see a sign that says ice cream. It's a handwritten sign that says ice cream and it has an arrow on it. And I've been to this, uh, this store. I've been to the quick stop and I went to, I used to have a membership at RST video when they were still, when they were still around. Wow. And I went there, um, uh, on a date with, uh, with my wife before, you know, before we got married and I showed her the story, you know, and she hadn't, you know, I showed her the movie and, uh, I don't think she liked it as much as I did, but she, but I was like, Hey, you know, this is the movie and we're going to go see the store. And, you know, and I went in and I was like, look, isn't this great? We're in this little tiny convenience store that we drove 40 minutes to get to. Um, but. Uh, I pointed out that sign. I was like, and you know, that sign, you could see that in the movie. And, uh, so the next day she drove back and the owner was a woman named Mrs. Stopper. Um, and she offered her 10 bucks for the sign. And, uh, she had the guy working, go over, stand on the ice cream thing, take it down. She took the 10 bucks and she, and she, uh, she let my wife have it. So it's hanging on the wall in the room I'm in right now. <laughs> Okay, now you actually yeah. still have it. So I have that sign. <laughs> wow. So that sign that's in this uh, in this movie is is there. I also I remember when they shot. Uh, I think it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. There's a scene inside the Quick Stop. Um, it's right at the beginning. Is, is that the first right? Five minutes uh, they're in there. Yeah, it's right at the very beginning, and it's super. Here's the thing. So the Quick Stop is not the cleanest uh, convenience store in 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 the state of New Jersey, and I remember I went there uh, one time, and it was spotless. I mean, it looked it looked so clean. I'd never, and I I I said, "Wow, the place looks really clean." Um, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's real clean." And I was like. Why did they, you know, they shoot something here? Cause that's immediately what I thought was, you know, maybe E shot there, you know, for some special or something. Cause I figured there's no way that this place was this clean for any other reason. And then, you know, that movie came out and I was like, that's why. Because, and if you watch that movie, uh, it, the place looks great. I mean, it looks, it looks very, very clean. You may have just missed it. Yeah. I think it had been like the day before because it certainly looks, uh, yeah, back to the black and white is doing them some favors here covering up some of the grime oh, in this place the <laughs> Okay. No, the black and white does a great job, not just in this movie. I've seen, uh, there's a movie called Escape from Tomorrowland, um, or Escape from Tomorrow. It was this movie that was shot at Walt Disney World, and it was, it was, they shot it, you know, um, undercover, you know, guerrilla style. Okay. And in that movie, it's shot in black and white. And if you pay attention, you'll see things like they'll be on the teacup ride, and the people standing around it will, change there'll be more people less people the people in the other you know teacups will change and you don't notice but your eyes don't pick it up as much because it's black and white you you notice it only if you're looking for it whereas if it's in color you know you see drastic you know you'll see wow this box you know that's bright red wasn't there 10 seconds ago whereas when it's in black and white you know everything kind of gets this especially the background is this muddled gray that you don't really know I guess you would you would notice Mr. Purple shirt isn't in that teacup over there. Right, yeah, exactly. There's not that one creep in there with his two kids spinning the teacup so fast to try to make them throw up. 
I'm sure it helps in here, too, because I'm sure things moved around from here to here. It's not like you, I mean, they had a crew of, like, five people. I'm sure there wasn't a lot of continuity. No, I mean, beyond that, they shot over a period of time. So, the st- you know, the store shelves were restocked and things would be purchased and things would be, you know, uh, you know, bread would be moved. I mean, there's, you know, there's things that they couldn't control. Thankfully, they keep most of it is pointing up at the counter. And I'm guessing the, they were pretty good about stocking their cigarettes and making sure they were always maintained at 100%. Except for that one minute when they forgot the uh, shoplifting sign. Yeah, they, there is a scene where they forget to put the shoplifting sign up earlier in the movie. Here's a, here's a, a thing I noticed. Uh, the cigarette prices, they, they have all the different prices on there, but they're all around two bucks, you know, around between, you know, two, two sixty, somewhere around there. Uh, I looked it up. Cigarettes are eight dollars and twenty cents in New Jersey today. <laughs> That's in a good spot because I've seen them even higher than that. In New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, that is, ooh. Yeah. For, I mean, forget about the health problems. I don't know how anybody can afford it. <laughs> right. No. Right. It's bad for my health because I can't eat if I buy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I somebody asked me to pick up cigarettes for him and I went to the store and I they were like, you know, that's it was in New York and they were like it's $15 or oh, something. I was like, no, 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 I only need one pack and he was like, "Can I see your ID?" and I'm like, "I'm like 40 years old. What do you want to see my ID?" and he was just like, "Look, you don't know how much a pack of cigarettes costs. Clearly you're not buying them for yourself. Yeah. You're an alien or something because everyone knows how expensive they are." <laughs> so we get a uh, Kim yeah, Kim Locker comes in and they start a uh, they start to they start discussing Dante's body. I never. I hope to have never had to say that phrase in my life. Dante looks sweet. He's got his uh, he's got his shirt hanging open with his like. I think he has a House of Pain T shirt underneath. Uh, he it's looks definitely cool. a different T shirt than from the beginning, right? I haven't I haven't noticed. It's very possible. Nah, it's, it's a great time to bring that up. You know, <laughs> either that or was was he buttoned up earlier? I don't remember because I know earlier. I'm pretty sure he didn't have that. He had to have something different because we were only discussing Randall's outfit. Yes. Which was a whole mess in and of itself. Speaking of shirts, did you see um the guy's shirt? It says the sweat box. Highlands, New Jersey. Oh yes. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I looked this up, the sweat box. This appears to be a shirt they made up for this show because I couldn't find it. I couldn't find any information that they did make it for the you know, for the movie, but um I couldn't find any even old information about a place called the Sweatbox. Uh and it does sound like a, a phony made up name, but I love it. I think it's a great <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, they took a, you know, a uh, a shirt for a gym and, and, you know, or a shirt with a, you know, with, with the logo of working out or whatever, wrote the name on there. But it's it's pretty cool looking. I really, I do like his sweatshirt a lot. It definitely says something underneath, too, that I can't make out. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, that could be, you know, I mean, you know, you go to the mall, you find the shirt that works, sit there with a, with a Sharpie and, and make it look good. But it, and it works so great. And the sweat box just sounds like the worst gym. On oh, it does. <laughs> it sounds like either the worst gym or like a poorly named bar. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> the it's, yeah, it's a guy that names a bar and then doesn't get the clientele that he was looking for showing up. He's like, wait a minute, I was expecting, there's not as many women here as I thought there would be. <laughs> like, I think you named your place wrong. I also feel like if Kevin made this later, there's no way that he foregoes the opportunity to make a joke about that shirt. It wouldn't oh, have been yeah. a sweat box. It would have been something else. Or it would have been an inside joke. It would have been something about the View universe instead of, like, him just asking somebody, hey, can you make me a shirt? <laughs> I need a shirt for my, my movie that I'm making for $27,000. Mm-hmm. Also, Ernie O'Donnell is <laughs> not a particularly big guy. But I, I feel like the sweatshirt really sells it. But yeah, you're not really that's able to see. <laughs> he's got the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> you know, he does. He's got his little neck thing going on. It's all the attitude, just like that. 
He definitely has. He's got that personal trainer attitude of no matter what you say, he's trying to. He's not putting you down. Just he's putting you down by just pointing out. You know, some things he could help you with. In the script, a line that, they, that was cut out was he's supposed to say that um, Dante's muscles are sadly underutilized, <laughs> which I thought was a good line. <laughs> uh, most of Dante's muscles are sadly underutilized. Except for his, his whining muscle is like Mr. Olympia level, though. He's, he's the Lou Ferrigno of whining. Oh, there's a 40-year-old reference for everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed that. <laughs> All the Incredible Hulk fans. I thought you were saying he was deaf. Oh, sure come on. Oh, you're a bad <laughs> oh, person. <laughs> All right. I, I think we covered all six notes I bothered to write down. Does anybody, anybody have anything else? No, I'm good for this minute. It's, uh, it's a good, it's a great minute because you get a good transition uh, from Jeff Anderson into this great Ernie O'Donnell. It's a solid How about one. you, Chris? Uh, I exhausted my notes. I wrote 12, though. I didn't well, six. I guess you're twice as good as me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's why I said it. All right, guys. Why don't you uh, tell some of the fine people out there where they can find you? Uh, you can get uh, – I have three books. Um, Sesame Place, about the only Sesame Street theme park in the world. Get it. GuyHutchinson.com. And while you're there, you can also pick up an anti-bullying children's book I did called Mean Merle and the Pigeon of Frasante Park, as well as my newest book, Letters to the Hall of Presidents about the most exciting attraction at Walt Disney World, the Hall of Presidents. Um, and I have a couple events coming up. If, uh, if people are in, uh, New Jersey, I will be, uh, I'll be signing books at a, a uh, anti-bullying event called Stand Up and Run Against Bullying. It's a, it's a, a 5K, which will be December 2nd. Uh, so it's like a Christmas Jingle Bell 5K and, they're also having kind of like a little street fair, and I'll be signing copies of uh, Mean Merle, which is anti-bullying, as well as some other books. And uh, I'll also be at Paradise City Comic Con in uh, Miami, Florida, uh, in January. So if you're in Florida, you know, come on down there. And uh, I just assume at some point I'm going to be wandering through Disney World and run into you. <laughs> I hope you do. I've run into so many people there. And like the weird thing I started to realize is I see people I know there and I don't say anything. And, you know, like I'll be walking by. I'm like, hey, I listen to that guy's podcast. I'm like, oh, I, I read that guy's articles. And so now I started to make sure I say hi to everybody because it's fun. I mean, you know, it's like, but it is weird. It's like when you, you, you loved it. So like when you, uh, when you start to really get into it, like all of those guys, they're there all the time. And so it's like, it's like on the Simpsons when, you know, when they're walking around and there's Bumblebee man and there's comic book guy. I mean, they're all there. You are the comic book guy of Walt Disney World. <laughs> I say as they call security. <laughs> all right, so if you want to find us, you can support all the normal places. Check us out. iTunes, all that nonsense. We're on Facebook and Twitter if you want to interact with our Facebook group, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Quicker Stop. It's like Quick Stop. Um, don't forget to give us that big five-star review on iTunes. I can only bribe so many of my friends to do it. All right, uh, that's it for us. We're not even supposed to be here today. I'm